It's nice to see you all on this very warm day. And like Ben said, and obviously we've talked throughout the whole morning that we're concluding our series on building mission. But in concluding it, I believe it's also a way that we're going to say, this isn't the end of it. This is what we want you to keep doing. Let's keep doing it. Let's, let's keep weaving it into our lives. And for those of you who were here last week, Ben spoke on Mission Impossible and taught a little bit about how it can seem an impossible task, taking the gospel to the ends of the world and taking the gospel to, to the people we meet. Joe herself just has said, it's, it's not easy sometimes. But I wanted to unpack a little bit this morning, maybe, well, why do we find it difficult? What are the barriers that we face sometimes um, to sharing what we believe, to sharing our faith? And, you know, you may be sitting in here this morning and think, I haven't really got a faith. I've just come along. Someone's dragged me or I've just come along because I'm a bit interested. And so I'm just going to turn off now. Well, actually don't. Because what I've got to say it may not be something that you think, well, yeah, how do I share my faith? But maybe you could ask yourself these similar questions about, well, what, why have I come? And why do the people I know have a faith? And, and what does that then mean for me? Do, do I want a faith? Do, do I, do I want to know who God is? Do I, do I want God to come into my life? Do I want him to come into the mission field of my life? And do I want to make that decision? So, so please don't turn off. If you're thinking, well, I'm not a Christian, so I've gone now, stick with me because God's got some questions for you this morning about whether you want to take some next steps, whether you've got questions and wondering why all these crazy people are doing the crazy things that they're doing with the volunteering and with jumping around on a Sunday morning and getting excited about God. And you think, whoa, you lot are strange. You're excited about something. What have you taken this morning? We haven't taken anything. God has just transformed and changed our lives, and it's miraculous. All you need to do is speak to someone and say, what were you like before and what are you like now? And you will realize the change and the effect that letting God come into your life can have. But for those of you who have got a faith, I want to unpack with you, well, why do we find it hard? You know, so often... You see people um, doing fundraisers through social media. You see people doing um, some amazing things and people get really behind it. And, and very often through tragic events that happen. We've seen just this week through the most tragic event in this city where a young boy passed away. The whole city has rallied and got around and fundraised. And everyone's like, yes, this is a great cause. Let's get involved. What can I do? And I found myself constantly looking to see what was going on and what was happening because I, I felt drawn into it emotionally and I felt a part of it and I wanted to get involved. You may feel like that about things. You may be passionate about raising money for cancer research or something to do with children or something to do with another country and it may get you passionate why are we so passionate about these things? And yet when it comes to the good news, the best news on this planet, that Jesus died on the cross, rose again, can forgive your sins, can give you eternal life, can heal you from your diseases, can set you free from the things that bind you, can stop the things that hold you back and release a future that you could never possibly imagine or dream of. Why do we find this so difficult to share with people? We do though, don't we? Let's be, I, I do. Is it just me? Joe does, because she's just said so. I find it so hard. And I'll find myself in situations sometimes with someone and you come away and I think, 
Oh, I missed it. Maybe you come in and you find yourself in church or in a situation with someone and you think, and they say, put your hand up if you want to be a Christian. Do you want to ask us any questions? No, no, no. And then you go home and you think, I should have asked. I should have found out a bit more. I should have asked that, that weird question that I've got about this weird thing about Christianity that I think is really bizarre that they do. But actually, there's probably a simple answer. Ask those questions. But I believe this morning that there are some mindsets that we need to break if it's going to help us to share the gospel. There's some mindsets that we need to break if we want to make a clear decision if we want to become a Christian. And the first one is this. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to share the gospel. Do you know what sort of life I live? Do you know what sort of life I did live? Do you know the stuff I did that I don't tell anyone about? Do you know the stuff I'm still doing that I pretend I'm not doing and I pretend that I'm a really good holy Christian and I come and sing come by R on a Sunday and then I go home and I do this other stuff? So often we think I'm not good enough. And that's that same barrier that faces us for people who aren't Christians. I'm not good enough. Do you know how I live my life? I, I can't come to God. I can't become a Christian. Look what I do with my life. I'm here to tell you this morning that that needs breaking and that that's a lie. The second mindset that I believe we need to break is, oh, it's not for me. I'm not an evangelist. And, and if you don't know what an evangelist is, it's the posh word that we use for people who are really good at going tell everybody about Jesus. So some of us are just like, that's not me. I'm just not great at that. I'm either not good at communication because I'm just very antisocial sort of person or I'm a bit of an introvert. And generally, I don't like people. So if they go to hell, well, actually, I don't really care because I don't like them anyway in the first place. <laughs> Come on, you all think it sometimes. You know when you know there's like a traffic jam or something going up the road or someone tells you you're going somewhere and you think, I'm not going to tell them that I know that road's closed off because I don't really like it very much. People, we do it. We don't share things with people sometimes because we just, we're not keen on them. And it's the same with this. It's not that it's not for you and not an evangelist. It's for all of us. We've got some good news. And God wants to break that over your life. You may be sitting here and thinking, this Christian thing isn't for me. I'm, I'm not that sort of person. I'm not a holy person. I'm not either. But God has transformed and changed my life. And he's set me free. The third mindset I believe we need to break is, I'll do it another day. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'll do it next week. I'll do it when I've got, when, when they do that fun day at church, I'll get a flyer and I'll do it then and I'll give somebody a flyer to come the fun day. That's when I'll do it. And, and even though they're asking now if anyone's got, what, what would you do? Or what, what, why are you so happy? Or why, why do you go to this church thing? I'm, I'm just, no, I'm not going to do it another day. You may sit here thinking, oh, I'll, I'll make a decision another day. We've seen this week, sometimes there aren't any other days. The fourth mindset I believe we need to break. I'm not equipped. I am not equipped. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I, 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 I don't know how to do it. I, don't, I, I just don't know. I, I've not got the resource. I, I, I don't know the Bible. I can't, I can't quote it to everybody. I, 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 don't, I don't fully understand everything myself. I'm, I'm not sure. God wants to break that. You don't have to be fully equipped. You just need to know that there's some good news and go and share it. And... The scripture that I've got this morning to read from is taken from Isaiah 6, 
And I've only got one verse, but I just want to give you a bit of recap about what happens before it. Isaiah was, was a prophet, which meant that he got, he got words from God and he'd go and share them with people. Sometimes they were like, oh, you're in trouble. And sometimes they were like, oh, God's going to do this and it's really exciting. And that was basically Isaiah's job. And in Isaiah 6, it talks about that he had this vision of going to heaven. And he saw God sitting on a throne. And it says the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, some of you ladies may have had big trains on your wedding gowns. But you've got nothing on this thing God was wearing this day. And it says that there were seraphim, which are special angels. And they'd got six wings each and they were flying around. And, and Isaiah at this point's like, whoa. I'm, I'm in big trouble here. And, and he actually says, woe to me, I'm ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. How many of us sometimes just think, whoa, God is just too, too amazing, too wonderful for me. And the way I live my life and the people that I live amongst. But one of the angels at this point took a coal from the altar and brought it to Isaiah and touched his lips with it. And he said, this has touched your lips now. Your guilt has been taken away and this sin that you've committed has been atoned for. That means it's been somebody else has paid for it. And then, we're going to look at this now. Then Isaiah heard this voice, Isaiah 6 verse 8. And the good news said this. Then I heard the Lord say, whom shall I send? Whom will be our messenger? I answered, I'll go, send me. Do you ever do that? Do you ever just go, oh yeah, I'll do that? And then when it comes to you, you think, why did I say I'd do that? Why did I say I'd go and do that? Why did I say I'd pick the kids up? Why did I say I'd do all the cleaning up? Why did I say I'd jet wash the drive? Why did I say I'd do it? But sometimes that initial reaction comes out and you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And you know, God had got a message. God was asking, who will go? Who will be our messenger? And it's been the same message from the dawn of time. I love you. I love you. Come home. Come home. Come and be my son and my daughter. I know you've been off. I know you've been doing your own thing. I know you're probably doing all right, or maybe you're not doing all right. But come home. And God is still looking for those people who are far off and saying, I love you, come home. And God wants the rest of us to be that messenger who goes out and says, I love you. God is calling you home, come on. Craig Gushal says this, Jesus' highest purpose when he came to earth wasn't to heal our bodies, his highest purpose was to save our souls. Now, Jesus went round doing a lot of healing of bodies. He did a lot of it. But his highest purpose, the one thing that he came for, the ultimate task that he had was to die on that cross so that he could save our souls from a lost eternity. He could save our souls that were, were covered in the sin that we, we entangle ourselves in and say, actually, I'll have all that. I'll have all that mess. I'll have all that dirt. I'll have that abuse. I'll have that hurt. I'll have that anger. I'll have that bitterness. So actually now you can come and there's a clear way for you to get through. And that message is not changed today. 
And Jesus came to fulfill that message. And God calls us today, whom can I send? Who will go for me? And the question this morning is, will and can he send you? And I've got four steps for you this morning that I believe will help you to build mission in your life, will help you with those mindsets that we struggle with, that, that, that stop us from sharing a faith, that stop us from getting a faith. I believe that if we can work through these steps, then it will help us to be able to share that good news. And it may help us on a journey to finding Jesus, the one who loves you and the one who died for you. So the first one is this. You know, we talked about not being good enough, didn't we? And that's sometimes why we don't share a faith. That's sometimes why we don't make that commitment to Jesus. So my first point is this. Realize that you're released. Isaiah 6, verse 5 to 6, says this, and I, and I paraphrased it before. It says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like when you turn up and you think, I'm just, I'm just going to go to the shop with my slippers on and my tracky bottoms and I haven't got no makeup on. Sorry, blokes, maybe this is you as well. You never know. And, and I haven't brushed my hair and I'll just put a little hat on so no one can see me. And you get there and someone is glammed up to the nines and you think, whoa, what have I come as? It's like when you didn't get the invite that it's like it's a black tie event and you turn up in your sandals and your shorts and your t-shirt and you think, whoops. But do you know what? There's more. It says, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar which he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. You've got to realize that you're released or you've got to realize that you can be released in and through Jesus Christ. You've got to realize that you are released. The guilt that holds you back, the shame of how you lived your life, you are released from. It no longer has to hold you. It's only you that is holding yourself there. It's almost like someone's opened the, unlocked the key to the cell door and you're just sitting there thinking, I'm locked in. Well, no, you're not because the chains have fell off and the doors have been flung open. And the only reason that you are still in bondage is because you choose to sit with your chains. They are not on you anymore. You have been released. The sin and the guilt no longer holds you. The only thing that holds you there is you sitting with your chains going, I've known these chains for many years. They, you know, they're not always comfy, but, you know, they're mine. They're my chains. They're, they're my chains. I, I like them. They, they, they come with me everywhere I go. I'm never alone without them. And we can be like that with our problems and our issues. God has set you free. God has broken the sin over your life. And the only reason it continues to follow you around is because you invite it to. It is time to say no more. No more am I going to allow this to come with me. Realize that you are released. And you know, it's like, if you, if you just imagine for a moment 
that you've been trapped somewhere. Maybe you've gone walking and you've got trapped in, in, in a cave or maybe you've been locked away and, and, and the doors are locked and for some reason you suddenly find a way out. Now the 20 other people who are in there with you, what do you do? Do you just keep going or do you shout, hello, there's a way out this way, come on. You would, wouldn't you? You wouldn't leave them there. You'd say, come on, I found a way out. There's a way out. This morning, can I remind you, you have found a way out from the darkness of this world, from the chains that hold you, from the sin that bounds you. There is a way out. His name is Jesus Christ. Why would you not be shouting from the rooftops, hello, there's a way out. You don't have to live a life of hopelessness anymore. You don't have to live bound by depression anymore. You don't have to live in fear of your future anymore because there's a way out. Come with me. It's this way. I, I've, since I was about 19, really suffered with sinusitis. And um, it's just been one of the banes of my life. And when it had come, it was so painful. Those of you who've had sinusitis would, would understand. And I've suffered with it over and over again. And then one time I went to the doctor and they said, oh, you, you should try like snorting salt. Don't knock it. So I'm like, you're serious. It's not very pleasant, but it works. Now, after we'd done this for, well, I'd done this for a little while, we actually found a device that did it. We actually found a device that does it for you that you put like a salt solution in and you squirt it up one nostril. It's very gross. And it goes all through your sinuses and then it flies out the other nostril. Always do with a sink in your vicinity. It is the most disgusting thing. And when you have sinusitis, the things that come out of the other nostril are not worth talking about in public. But... Whenever I come across somebody with sinusitis, I will say to them, you need to salt, snort some salt. And they look at me as if, yeah, it's, it's really not that bad. Yeah, I really don't want to do that. And I'll, I'll send people uh, messages with, with the picture of, of the device that I use and say, this has changed and transformed my life. You need to use it. Those of you with sinusitis, you must listen to me. It's, I, I have a real burden for it. It burns within me. If you've got sinusitis, come to me after. I need to help you all. I haven't had sinusitis since. Praise the salt. And some of you will know why that's funny. Even more so. Because I'm now on a low salt diet. And more of it goes up my nose than goes in my body. Because of other medical things. Praise the Lord. But I'm passionate about this. I don't want people to suffer with it. Because my life's been changed. Why? Why, 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 why? Aren't we so passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus? I've been released from sinusitis. And I want the world to be released from it. I've been set free from my sin. I have eternal life. I have Jesus, the lover of my soul. Why do we not want to share this good news? Why? You released. You are good enough to do it. Be released in confidence. Be released in belief and hope. And share that good news. The second thing I want to say to you is this. Catch the call. 
And one of the mindsets I talked about is, it's not for me, I'm, I'm not an evangelist, I'm, that's, that's not the sort of thing I do. That's what other people do, some people are really good at it, and, and that's, that's not my thing. And, and I've said this myself, you know, we've got to catch that call. It said in Isaiah 6, verse 8, Then I heard the Lord say, and heard, when you go back to the original Hebrew, the word heard says shomar. And it means to hear intelligently, often with implication of attention and obedience. So it's a special, it's a special kind of hearing. It means that you're paying attention. It means that there's an obedience coming with what you're about to hear. I'd like to say that my children have this hearing, but very often they don't. Especially when I say, come in now, go to bed now, brush your teeth now. They don't have this hearing. They hear, but it goes out the other ear. Well, Isaiah heard. He heard. He heard it intelligently, and he was ready to be obedient to that call. And God wants to bring your hearing into line with his call. Some of you have heard me say this before. I wear a hearing aid in one of my ears. And when I first went and got it fitted, I knew I was struggling to hear. And it was generally men who I couldn't hear because of the, the deepness of the voice. And, and I went to have the hearing aid fitted. And they did a few tests. And then he said, right, I'm going to put it in now. And he put it in. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. Oh. I, I can, I can. I didn't realize I could hear so badly because now I could hear like the tires on the road as Paul drove me back from the appointment. Suddenly, I could hear. All of a sudden, I could hear on a different level than I'd ever heard before. And this morning, God wants you to catch his call. God wants you to catch his call for mission. God wants you to catch his call for your life personally to say, I love you, come home to me. God is calling you. God wants to change your wavelength of what you've been listening to. He wants to retune your ears so you can hear the call that he's saying. And the message never changes. Come home, I love you. And that's the call he wants you to hear. First for yourself, so that it changes and transforms you. And secondly, so you can say, I get that, I'll pass that message on. I will stand here in my community, in my family, wherever I am, where I can audibly say to them, God, God loves you, God wants you to come home. Catch the call. Catch it. Catch the heart behind the call. The heart for the lost. The heart that says, these people are going to a lost eternity if we don't speak to them and share that good news. I just, I don't think we care enough about the lost. I really don't. I don't think we care enough about them. I think we're interested in making everything great for ourselves. But how much, and can I challenge you to go away and think about it, how much do you care about the lost and those who don't know Jesus? John Newton wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. God's calling you to catch, catch it again. 
catch it again, see it again, have a heart again. His heart is bleeding and burning for the lost and he's desperate to see them come home. If, if, for those of you who are parents, for those of you who are brothers and sisters, for those of you, if it's not family related, you've just got a friend you really like. But if they got lost, you wouldn't just think, oh, they're lost, never mind. You'd be frantic. You'd be running around. Where have they gone? Where are they? I'm coming to find you. You wouldn't rest. You wouldn't sleep. You'd be looking everywhere. And that's how God is. His heart for the lost. There is sons and his daughters. And he's calling us, his, his sons and his daughters, their brothers and sisters in faith, to go out and say, Dad's calling you home. Catch the call again. And you know, there's been an odd occasion where because of a meeting or something, I've been slightly running on the late side to get to school to pick the kids up. And, and this almighty panic takes over you. And, and you drive like something you wouldn't want a police officer to see. And you park like something that is on another planet. And then you run like you've never run before. Like if someone asked you to run, you, you can't even run. I can't run. I don't do running. But when I'm late on the school run, I am like, Usain Bolt, shift out of the way because I am coming past you. And that's where every nation has gone wrong in beating that man. They should have put some mothers who were late for the school run next to him. And he would have been right back there. And you know, I've had an odd occasion where a shoe's broke on the school run. And it's surprising how you will run in your bare feet because you are late for that child. And I don't want my daughter to stand there and think, where's my mummy? She probably wouldn't. She'd just be like... In my head, that's what she'd think. She'd think, where's my mommy? My mommy's not here. And so you run. I'm not going to run because I'm sweating and it's horrible. I'm not going to do what you did last week, Ben. That's just reserved for the diehards. But God is calling us. Who are you running for? Catch that call and run for them. Catch that call and run for them. Sorry, another child story. I've got to tell it. One time, I was, when I used to work in the primary school in, in Badley Green, I got a phone, phone call from school to say Olivia had fell and I needed to come and she perhaps needed the hospital. She fell, literally fell flat on her face. Sorry, flat on her face. I don't know what her hands were doing at the time. Maybe they were tied behind her back because when I got there, she was like Mick Jagger on a whole nother level lips. Now, I came out of school at the time. I think you were working in school at the time. We had one car between us. My mum used to help us out with lifts. So I'd ran my mum and gone, Mum, help me, Olivia's fell. I've got to go to school. And my mum would go, oh, okay. And she'd got in her car. And so she'd driven, my mum lives in Bucknell, so she'd driven along Leak Road here to come and get me from Badley Green. And for some reason, there was traffic. And it was just stationary. And so at this point, I began to run. And I ran, and I ran, and I thought, I'm going to die. I am going to die. And then I walked extremely quickly, and then I ran again, and I ran again. And I ran my mum and said, I'm really running along this road, mum, pull into here. But you will go to extreme levels to get to a child who has hurt themselves, to get to a child who has lost, to get to a friend who says, help, I need your help. Or, or someone in your family who says, please, can you help me? And you jump in the car, and you run, and you go. There are people going to a lost eternity and they may not know it. But the call has come out from God. 
Are you going to answer it? Are you going to run like Usain Bolt's got nothing on you and go and share that good news with them? In Luke 15, we read stories about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost, lost son. Jesus said, leave the 99 and go for the one. Catch the call. Catch the call for the one. The third thing I want to say to you this morning, and it's in line with where we talk about, oh, I'll do it another day. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll text that person and invite them to church next week. I've called it rapid response. And Isaiah had a rapid response to God. God says, whom shall I send? Whom will go? Who will be our messenger? And he says, I answered, I'll go send me. I used to work in school. You had kids like this. Who would like to do a job? And it used to make the laugh. I said, oh, go and clean the toilets, please. <laughs> they soon sit on the hands then. But there were children at school when I worked there whose, whose hand would go up for everything. I want to do everything. I want to do every job. I want to take every message. I want to do everything. Are we really like that? Are we so keen and eager for the heart of God and to help bring others back home that without going, I'll go send me. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Let me go. We're keen when it comes to the next sale. We're keen when it comes to going um, to places where you've got to shove people out the way. Like when you go to Marks and Spencer's at Christmas and you want that turkey that's left in there. And you're going to shove them all out the way. And people who go and camp out overnight to get a sale, we're keen then, aren't we? We're keen to respond quickly then. We're keen on social media when there's things that really rile us up to do a rant about and to say, oh, I'm really passionate about this. This thing really drives me. I want to tell you all about it. I want to tell everybody that has been an accident on the A50, don't go that way. I want to share all of these things with people. I want to tell everyone about it. I want to tell everyone that Mother Care's got to say along, ladies. It hasn't, don't panic. But sometimes we're like, oh, there's a sale on in this place. Oh, this is going on. Oh, and we just want to tell everybody and share that news and say, don't miss out on this. But how rapid is our response when it comes to sharing the news that God loves you and God wants you to come home? And you know, God, doesn't, God wasn't in heaven with Isaiah saying, whom shall I send? Who will go? Because he didn't know. God knew. God's asking so that you'll know that he's called you. Know that God has called you. God has called you. He's called you to share that good news. And the other reason is so that you can make a choice. Is your response going to be rapid? Or are you going to be the ones who sit on your hands at the back and think, perhaps someone else will put their hand up for this one? Maybe, God, I'll, instead, I'll just, God, I, 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 I can't cope with that, but so I'm just going to pray that someone else will come along and, and share the good news with that person because they really need it. And sometimes we do miss it. Don't get me wrong and don't beat yourself up when you do. But ask God for another opportunity. Ask God to help you. Ask God that you would grow in faith. Ask God if, you could, if he would bring people into your life who could encourage you and inspire you. And, you know, when you go to small group, have a little practice about sharing your faith with somebody. Because I know it sounds ridiculous, 
But sometimes when you've got no experience, you have no confidence to do these things. Do practical things that will help yourself. It's about finding where that need is. And it's about allowing the things that are truly important to drivers. You know, you see so much, you see so much today about first world problems. But all these first world problems, oh, the batteries ran out on my book. I was right at the end. You know, it's hot outside and it's cold inside because of the air con. I can't get it right. You know, what's, the, what, what's worse? Do I, do, do, I, do I spend time filling the dishwasher or do I just not have a dishwasher and wash the dishes? We find all these problems and all these things that we say, these are real difficulties that we've got in our lives living in the first world. And yet, you know... The real problem, the real thing that we face is actually the, the depths to which the love of God can go and change our lives and transform people so that they're never the same again. Just like we've heard Joe talking about that mum who got involved and got saved through Cafe Kids. We've got so many problems that we think are problems, yet actually the only thing that we need to worry about is allowing God more into our lives to change and transform us and then sharing that good news so other people can be changed and transformed. And you know, if you think, well, my answer isn't always rapid response. I'm not always quick off the mark. Don't beat yourself up. But go again. Ask for opportunity again. Work through those other things again. Well, have I actually caught the call? Do I understand it? Do I actually understand that I'm released myself? Work back through those things and think maybe those are the reasons why I can't make that decision, why I can't make a decision for Jesus, why I struggle to share the gospel. Work through them. And the fourth and the last thing I want to say to you this morning, and we talked about at the beginning, breaking that mindset about not being equipped is that actually you're armed for the assignment. You're armed for the assignment. With God in your life, you are armed for the assignment. You live in abundance. You live in provision. So when you think, I, I can't do this, I struggle with people, I'm not good enough, I, I, I can't break through, I, I can't do it. Instead of focusing on the can'ts, focus on God and what he can provide and give for you that will arm you for the assignment of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. There's provision from God for you. If the band want to come and join me, that would be great. And you know, sometimes we think, I just haven't got the right words to say. I fumble and I struggle. Like I've said before, sit and practice with somebody Listen to some things about sharing, sharing the good news. Speak to somebody like Joe and say, what's helped you? How have you done it? And I'm sure she'll say, well, I haven't got all the answers. I struggle myself, but these are some things I've done. Talk to one another about it. Say, how have you broke through so you can share the gospel? And if you feel, I, I, I've got this, I can do this, I'm good at it, help other people, encourage them. If it comes more natural to you, gather around people and encourage them. Encourage them to have a go. Encourage them to try. Luke 12, verse 12 in the NIV says this. For, and it's talking about... You know, when you get pulled up in court and maybe things will happen to you as being a Christian and, and things were like that in those times that people who were Christians, they got taken to court and terrible things happened to them. 
And this is carrying on from this. It says, for at that time, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you need to say. Now, you may not be getting pulled up in court to share the good news, but you may be thinking, I just, I just don't know how to do it. I just don't know how to share the good news with my neighbor. I don't know how to share the good news with my friends and my family. I, I don't know the words. I'm struggling. Then I really believe, just like Jesus said to his disciples, he can say to us again today, ask the Holy Spirit and he will give you and teach you what you should say work together, help one another but when it comes down to it ask the Holy Spirit as you see in your partner in your life to be the one who guides you and prompts you, to be the one who encourages you when to be quiet like Joe said, but when to speak as well ask him to, to, to show you don't be afraid that you're ill equipped, you are more than equipped with God at your side and this morning, I just want to encourage you that regardless of those mindsets that you may face, that you are released. Realize that you're released. Catch the call that is coming from your Father God. Realize that you can have a rapid response. And know that you are armed for the assignment. God is saying daily, who shall I send? Who will go for me? And what's your reply going to be today? God's calling you today. He's calling you to make a step. He's calling you to say, yeah, I, I, this scares me to death. I'm really not good at this, but actually, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try and share my faith. Is your response like Isaiah going to be, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. And this morning, I'm going to pray. And as I do, if that's you this morning, if you want to say, yeah, here I am, send me. While I pray, I want you to stand to your feet as a response to God to say, here I am, God, send me. Here I am, God, send me.